0: My name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault, but don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. And we are live. Hi. 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 Episode five, guys. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for coming back and for listening. We are so excited to have you today, and we are gonna go over some really, really cool stuff today. Yeah. How are you, Lindsay? How was your day today? It's cuckoo bananas, but good. yeah, yeah, the usual. We're doing it. Let us know on the audio today, guys. We're doing it in a totally different way again. Yeah, we have to experiment and find different ways and find different microphones. And you know, yeah, we're starting off fresh. So we are so thankful to our listeners for yeah. being patient with us and you know dealing with all the different audios. We're just experimenting. So let us know how this one sounds. If there's anything crazy going on audio-wise, let us know. And then just be patient and power through. Yeah. This. Um. Yes, we're very excited. We're getting more excited every week. We've been actually, um, we've been contacted by some family members of people who are in this organization. And um, I was really surprised, you know, and I'm just really, really thankful. And I, I'm i really hopeful that it is being helpful, you know, to people. So yeah. thank you guys for listening. And if you want to share it, if you think it will help somebody. Um, we actually had somebody reach out and said that, by learning about the bite model that they were also learning about um an abusive relationship that they were in and they were recognizing signs of the abuse um and signs of a narcissistic partner so i thought that was really interesting and hopefully, maybe that's something that we can explore later on you know yeah so stay tuned we might have a special guest to so come on and talk about that yeah that would be a, that would be really nice yeah And we got some other guests lined up, too. We do. We have a lot of, um, you know, people who are excited and want to be part of it. And we're so excited. We want as many people to be part of it as we can. So um, we're very excited for some special guests. I actually had lunch with a really, really dear friend from the church, and it was really nice to get together and um, you know, just talk and communicate outside of church is just so nice and so different. You know, it's hard to explain, but it was really nice. Yay. All right. so anyway, Yeah, today we're going to finish the bite model. So we talked in the last episodes about how, um, you know, a cult will use behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. Um, to, you know, to control you and to keep you inside of their belief system for a very long time. And even after you leave, it's still in ingrained inside of your brain. So personally, that's kind of what I'm going through. And I will be I want to just be honest, because this podcast is about our, our journey, right of healing, because I'm not over it, and I'm not healed. And this is part of it, right It's part of the process. And since putting out these episodes, I feel so free, but at the same time, I still feel scared. And I called Lindsay a few nights ago and I said it was like midnight, it was so late. Like, am I have am I possessed by evil spirits? Am I fulfilling the evil prophecies in the Bible? Yeah. You got to like talk me down. Even after all this, even after all this stuff that I'm learning, even after all this history, even after talking about it with you guys. It's still in there, you know, and it's so I'm trying to look at it um, instead of like getting caught up in it. I'm trying to use the tools that I'm learning, like through yoga and things like that. I'm trying to step out of my thoughts and just observe and just say, oh, wow, that's really interesting that I am still having this fear, you know, and it's not real. I know that it's not real, but, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting anyway. You're doing a very, very good job. But yeah, thank you guys all so much for the support and the love. Like it has been so amazing and it is helping in the healing. I know this is like the final, the final push, you know, and I just have to keep going and eventually it'll be, all the bad stuff will be out and all the good stuff will remain. So that's, that's what I'm hoping for. (laughs) Yeah. I'm jokingly making a list of all the good things. Yeah, me too. I have a whole list. I mean, there's a lot of good. There's a lot, a lot of good. You know, but right now, let's let's just focus on how to recognize, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing an amazing job, Tony. And everybody out there who's either going through it themselves or watching their family members and trying to not pull their hair out, you guys are doing an amazing job. And just stick around if you can. It's definitely a process. Like, it's not something that you can just snap out of and be like, okay, I'm completely fine. And that's what I tried to do, I think, for a while. Actually, yeah. I just had to heal for a while and just take some time and like sleep and, you know, get better. But but it's a process. So just be patient. All right, yeah. guys, let's talk about thought control and emotional control. So these are some pretty, pretty serious ones. All right. So I'm just going to kind of go over the list like we did last time about um, the characteristics of. How an organization might try to control you and control your thoughts, okay? People think that they have full control over your thoughts, but let me tell you, you can easily be manipulated, and this is, like I said, not just in religion. This is in abusive relationships. This is in politics. This is in capitalistic society, advertising, things like that, okay, guys? Stay tuned for our next commercial, (laughs) right? Okay. And this this is a lot of information. If there is something specific that you guys want to know about within these, let us know. Shoot us an email, send us a message on Insta or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of really interesting, really interesting things. Okay, so uh, one of the things is indoctrination, indoctrination until the members internalize the group doctrine. So this is where you, you don't need to be taught anymore because it is inside of you. It is in your brain, like you're you're already thinking it yourself, okay? And then number two is something called loaded language. And we're gonna talk about that. Um, that special language that they use within their organization or their church. Another thing is called thought stopping. And this is very interesting. This is something used to stop any kind of negative thoughts and reinforce, um, you know, the church's doctrines more. Another um, characteristic is an us versus them mentality. Having a black and white thought process. And another um, characteristic was training the members to stop any kind of slander or any kind of, um, you know, bad rumors or anything like that. Do you have anything to add, Lens? Um, this one is going to be interesting because I feel like you have a lot of stuff to talk about that you had very deep. Mm -hmm. As we were kind of reviewing this, you've already kind of mentioned a few things that were just going on that I didn't know about. So I'm kind of going to sit back and jump in as I hear it. But um, I think there's a lot of stuff you have to talk about today that I don't really even know about yet. All right. So. Reveal it, baby. Reveal it. Okay. So, so indoctrination. So what would happen is when you first start studying, you, you, like we had talked about how things are slowly revealed, right? Information is slowly trickled down to you and you're given like the proper food at the proper time. But then, but then it's sort of this, even though, you know, their Bible, different Bible studies is very repetitive. It's very, very repetitive, continuous study. Like you can go for a Bible study and the Bible study will be like, they'll be like, come for an hour Bible study. And then the Bible study will be like five or six hours. Not even joking. No, I and then you'll be like, stay for dinner. And then after dinner, let's watch a movie. And then after a movie, you might have questions. So then let's do another Bible study. Like it's a very long, 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 long study. Uh, yeah. And- I've spent days at your church before, like not like, like come in for a Bible study and spent like hours and they're like, this is like, when do I get to leave? I felt like I was, they're like, come over here. Now we're going to go have a snack. You're like, no, let me go. Yeah. It's all like very carefully planned. It's all very carefully, you know, plotted out. So. So it's a lot of repetition. And then as you get back, as you get further and further in, it's just continuous repetition because then you have Bible seminars and you just do the same Bible studies over and over and over and over again. And then you listen to people doing the same Bible studies over and over and over again. And so it just really goes in deep, deep, deeply into your conscious. You know, and then we talked also about propaganda, which is used continuously, whether it's through music, through videos, through, you know, special sermons, special events, things like that. There's lots of that going on and just continuous propaganda within the church. So like videos shared amongst each other to show how big it is or how beautiful it is, you know, but really you have no way of like confirming it. You're just seeing what is presented to you. You're not really seeing any other information given to you. So it's all really connected, right? Like if they're if they're controlling your information, they're controlling your thought. If they're controlling your behavior, they're controlling your thoughts. Like it's all very connected. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about loaded language, you guys. So this is something that is really interesting. So we also talked about like how they have their own culture. So they have their own language, you know, and own way of speaking, an own way of defining words. Um, in a different way. And they say that this is actually something that's intriguing. So like, when outsiders hear that special language that members are talking in, they're like, hmm, what is that about? I want to learn it. It's kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, kind of. But I, I'm trying to think of an example that I personally remember. And I I can't, th- I can't think of, well, you, you said a few the other day. What, what are some of the loaded language? Right. I think so that was these kind of are kind of, of like, right. So these are kind of like buzzwords that, that they would use. Okay. So if, well, like in the regular common days, like there's certain phrases that are used continuously. And I honestly, like, I feel kind of weird saying it because it felt so personal it felt so intimate like that was ours do you know what I mean so even now it's it's feeling weird to like express it because because it's ours it's not yours do you know what I mean so even that is so interesting like you still don't want to tell me do you No, it's It's just okay so like you're still like um, yeah so for example uh, for example, one of the things they would talk about is be humble. We need to be humble. Humble. Humble is like a, a word they use constantly. But it's like, what does it mean to be humble? Like, how would you describe humble? Just like, uh, I don't know, um, doing it without an expectation of anything in return. Is that humble? Is that a yeah. good definition? to them humble is like <sighs> like accepting anything that comes your way anything any kind of rebuke that's another buzzword that's used a lot is rebuke Have, and that's mm. not even really a word that we use a lot in our world but being rebuked means you know just being severely you know talked down on and corrected mm. but that's that's to create that's to humble you so you you are so thankful like thank you for that rebuke thank you so much i accept that i am so humble did do you know what i'm saying awesome. humble is like where you literally <laughs> they can do or say anything to you and you will just accept it and that's so beautiful like if you can be humble that is the most beautiful thing a humble mind is the most beautiful mm-hmm. an obedient mind um, like that obedient is another thing like obedient is the most beautiful and of course now looking back it's like of course you want us to be obedient and humble so we do whatever you want (laughs) yeah we say what we want to you and if it hurts your feelings right um you're not taking it correctly so like um like love like the most basic thing right like what is love because a lot of times and this is true, okay? I'm in my personal experience, we didn't like we would preach to everybody but not to homeless people. We would not uh, preach to homeless people because I you know a lot of a lot most people wanted to preach to homeless people, but we were instructed not to because and not to like give physical help to people. Like like it's not helping them to like give them money. It doesn't help people like, like, you know how churches like do a lot of like, come live in the church, like come for free meals, things like that. They don't want to do that because that's not real love. Like physical love is not real love. Spiritual love is real love. Love is caring for somebody's soul, not their body. Your body isn't important. So it's like they literally reteach you the meaning of love and they reteach you what love is so like even though you're in a loving relationship just say for example with my just say for example with a husband with a husband you love your husband as a brother as a sister like you have a brother sister relationship as opposed to a husband and wife relationship because you don't crave that that type of relationship anymore because that's not real love is any of this um, making sense? It's so creepy. It's like it's like. Did I talk about this on the last one, or was I just thinking about this the other day? Like a teenage girl getting like sucked into like a youth group community. Yeah. And they're like, just love Jesus. Jesus will always forgive you. He mm. loves you so much, no matter what you do. Like it's just such a creepy that like uh that really. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably offending so many people right now, but I think, I think that way. I'm offending a lot of people. I know. Because um, I'm talking about like just I Christianity as a whole. And this is what it reminds me of. Like, you can love your husband like a brother, but you need to send all your actual love to God. and Because God- that's real love. Like, the God- fact that I love him spiritually is real love. Yeah. But it like teeters on like creepy, or you're just like, Jesus loves me no matter what I do. God yeah. God will love me no matter what. And it's it's uh, and like a replacement for your actual life relationship it is it is because God's love is the only love that you need. So you don't need love from anywhere else. You don't need love from anywhere because God's love is enough. That's and all I, that you need. I would say that that in a less, I mean, not always less extreme, but that's a pretty like universal, like Western theology concept for sure. But then can you imagine? So I want to just make this so clear, like there was never any kind of sexual or physical abuse in my church, a hundred percent. Like I never, ever. And I was like, I was very, very deeply there every single day and I never saw any sexual abuse there. But can you imagine If a cult or a church was teaching you all these really messed up things and, you know, like messing up your mind and teaching you about love and on top of that, sexually abusing you as a young girl, because that happens all the time. I'm learning a lot about, you know, um, extreme, you know, Mormonism and polygamy and things like that. And like that kind of stuff happens in a lot of churches. And that is so sad. And something needs to be done about that. Like, it's so awful. Anyway, oh, that's a whole different tangent. That's yeah. not, thank God that is nothing that I ever had to deal with. But I just cannot even imagine if you have all of this mind control and then you add in like physical or sexual abuse. I mean, that's just you can. Kind of, it's kind of like we're like laying down the roadmap for like how it's possible though, mm-hmm. because it does happen a lot. It's like the the person in power, if they have an evil intent for it, right. It's easy to see how they're capable of doing. So. I mean, in my case, like my church was not motivated, motivated by any kind of like sexual or, you know, like physical abuse power that I ever witnessed. Thank God. But yeah. there are people like that. There are evil, narcissistic people, you know, anyway, that's um, actually on our next podcast. We're going to talk about several cults that, you know, have come out from Asia. Yeah, that's going to be a whole nother thing. Okay. Anyway, back to loaded language, we kind of got distracted, but it's crazy how, how, if your thoughts are controlled like that, it can take, you know, anybody can do anything that they want. Yeah. Really? Like they can manipulate so many things, you know, another kind of buzzword was idol. Like, don't Mm -hmm. let that become an idol. Don't let your children become an idol. Don't let anything that you put in front of God can be an idol. Anything sleep could be an idol. Your family can be an idol. Anything can be an idol. Your own thoughts can be an idol. So you know children can be an idol. Your own children can be an idol. Anything that you put before God. So it's very interesting. And then when it comes to like the Bible, a lot of things they talk about are like prophecy, fulfillment. I was watching this video and this guy was saying how, you know, this organization uses the word prophecy and fulfillment more than any other organization he's ever heard of before, because they're constantly talking about prophecy, 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 fulfillment, fulfillment. And it's, it's um, intriguing. You know, you're like, Ooh, prophecy. That sounds very important. That sounds like they know what they're talking about, you know? But, uh, yeah, so another, let me think of some other really quick things, you know, as you get deeper into it and you really need to have strong faith and you're really getting rebuked, um, you know, they, if you have a question that just cannot be answered, they would say, is that really, do you really need that for your salvation? Is that necessary for your salvation? And then you really think about it and you're like, eh. Not really. So then you just kind of move on. (laughs) Oh yeah. And they'll say, like, um, yeah. That's ridiculous. So many things. If if you're having like kind of struggle or or you don't really know what to do, they kind of use like a this broad term. They say, according to your faith. So, like, so like if I say, Oh, am I allowed to like do this? Am I allowed to go um
1: Eat dinner on
0: Christmas at my family's. And then they'll say, according to your faith. And so it's sort of this open-ended thing. And you're like, what does that mean? According to your faith. So that means that if I do it, I'm not going to have strong faith and everybody's going to know it. And if I don't do it, that means I have strong faith and they're going to reward me later. Do they say it like that? Like, according to your faith, you're not supposed to. But you can do whatever you want. We're not going to tell you no. Like that. Or they just say, according to your faith. According to your faith, and then they'll they there, and then oh, mic drop boom. That's so effed up. That's yeah, so, so like, up. so like, let me let me say, okay, so like, somebody's funeral is on a Sabbath day, can I go no. according to your faith? Mic drop, Dang. but then, but then looking back, don't it's like, it's like back. because they don't want to be held responsible, they don't want anybody to say, oh. You know, so-and-so told me I can't go to your funeral. Yeah. So-and-so told me that I can or cannot do this. So-and-so told me not to wear this. It's like they never say it. They just say according to your faith. And then you feel like so bad. You're like, well, I think I have faith. I know I have faith, though. So, you know, it's just like a whole mind thing. That is crazy. Yeah. They don't even give you more of an explanation They just say that. Yeah. Okay, so another, so, so the other thing that goes in with this is thought stopping. And this is, like I said, if you guys want more information about this, let us know. But thought stopping is like when you have like a question or a sinful idea or a sinful thought or a temptation, they teach you to like automatically shut all that off and then they repl- you replace it with another behavior. So this can be done through chanting, through praying, through meditation. Like as soon as you feel something negative, it's something to like stop that and you know replace it with their doctrine. So what I was thinking about was this is kind of done through prayer. Like we would constantly pray. We would pray constantly. And anytime you feel tempted, you're supposed to pray. Like, you're not even really supposed to talk to each other. You're just supposed to pray about it, you know? Uh, so, I, lived with you, with you. I lived with you in the beginning, and I would catch you all the time around the apartment just praying, sitting in the corner with your veil on. Yeah, yeah, you, to God, say. you're constantly praying, you know, like praying for any sinful thought. Okay, okay, if you stay here for five minutes, how many... Quote, unquote, sinful thoughts are you going to have? Huh. I mean, you. I mean, so many, according to them. Like, you know, oh. simple thoughts. Like, you know. Well, oh, so, yeah, man. that's a tricky one for me because I don't really know what a sinful thought would be. Right. I so that's really, another, like, buzzword. I don't like, really have to, like, overanalyze my thoughts. I just if you're feeling like, selfish, if you're feeling, like, uh, you need to put yourself first. If you're feeling, um, eh. Um, like you're grumbling. Grumbling was another buzzword. Have you ever heard that word before? Grumble? Sure of it, Tony. A grumbler. The of the day, taking notes on every time I have a thought that I think would be considered sinful. Right. And see how often it happens. So as soon as you do that, you're supposed to pray to God. And God will help you. And God will give you strength. But, you know, as soon as you start doing that, it just sort of becomes like a habit. And so then it's like the negative thoughts are just, I don't know. They're not really important to you anymore because you know how to overcome them. So it's like, it's like, it's like the negative thoughts, the, um, the, um, doubts that the doubts that are there, they can't really get in. Yeah. They can't really like get into your consciousness because you're constantly shutting them down. So when your family is like, this doesn't feel right. Or like, this seems kind of extreme. You're just like, you can't even hear it. It's like hitting a brick wall. It's like hitting a brick wall because what I would do is constantly instantly pray for you. Yeah. Instantly. I'm like, oh man, my sister is just, you know, she's just possessed by evil spirits. She just, she doesn't understand. She just has the mark of the beast. I feel so sorry for her. I feel so, so sad for you. Like I would be so sad for you guys. Yeah, You guys are so deceived and all I can do is pray. That's all I can do is pray to God for your soul. Yeah. Is that weird? Because to me, it seems so normal. (laughs) No. Okay. So I think that that that's not as weird and shocking to me because we come from a religious family already. Mm -hmm. And that one, that one is something that like uh, anybody who's religious kind of puts out there. Right. So I've kind of been around that behavior my whole life, especially as I've gotten older and been like, oh, I think I'm an atheist. And then, you know. When you have a family member who's religious no matter if it's your church church or just like a normal right people are like you know, I mean because the whole point of Christianity is uh you're supposed to spread God's word and get as many people in it as you can and save them from eternal hell if you can right right so ours example? was just I I think ours was just at a more extreme level because it was constant it was every minute every day worrying about your soul yes you guys were definitely extreme but i don't think that was as jarring for just me as an individual right, I was like sure. yeah yeah everybody else is that too yeah. like like i had somebody in my life for a little bit who would say i was spiritually immature because i was an atheist and that god just hasn't revealed himself to me yet and um but eventually i would succumb to it mm-hmm. you know and that right. was multiple people of like totally different avenues coming at me so i think that's like just a very christian thing to do Ugh, like you are correct in that thought process you're just yeah. being so i was like yeah yeah whatever all right tony join mm. the group <laughs> get in the line yeah yeah it's 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 not good so this kind of goes in with the same like okay so It's a very, it creates a very us versus them mentality. So, um, and a very like, very, very black and white thinking, which is not good when it comes to critical thinking or thinking outside the box or thinking creatively or any type of problem solving. You don't have any of that. It's very black versus white, us versus them. We are God's chosen people. We are blessed and you are not. And you, if you are not, possessed by God, then you are possessed by the devil. And it's clear cut. Right? If you're not with us, you're against us. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, it's a very um, paranoid way of living. Especially, you know, when you have family members that you love so much, you're like, how can I love them? But I know that they're being possessed by Satan. You know? that, I, th- I think the challenging thing in your church too, is that like, over the years, so many things would change. Yeah, you like the rules of how to get to heaven. Like it started off very simple, like get baptized and do this thing, and then it was like, and also do this, and you also yeah. have to hit this quota, and then. I don't also- think it changed. I think it was the information control. As you go along, you you realize. So it's really not black. It's it's pretend black and white because then as you're being revealed what you need to do to actually get to heaven, it becomes like you're saying unattainable, unattainable. Well, the... The black and white is more like us, is more like insiders versus outsiders. Yeah. It's not really, do you know what I mean? It's like us, the believers yeah. versus you, the unbelievers. Yeah. So that's why we're like, const- people are constantly afraid of the outside world. Like it's not safe. It's not a safe place. You can't speak freely. You can't be yourself. You can only be yourself inside the group. Yeah, but then I also see it as like a little pyramid scheme once you're in the church, because then you're like, I can't, I can't really um, do this thing because I'm not at that level yet. And then when you're like the next level, you're like, okay, all of my information is being given to me by the guy above me. Right. Then you're like playing that same game, just like in the triangle of the church. And then as you, okay, and then this goes with the next one. As you get higher... Well, even from the beginning, but as you go along, they train you to defend any kind of like they call, you know, slander or persecution. They train you to defend against it. So it's so deeply in your mind whenever you receive any kind of what they call persecution. They call it persecution. So, like, anytime anybody shows anything that's different from what they're teaching, you automatically already know what to say. Do you know what I mean? That is why the other night you called me freaking out because making this podcast together and putting it out into the world, mm-hmm. it's not just It's not just like, okay, I'm talking about it. In your church, you guys were told that this is like so awful. Yes. And it's like ingrained in your soul still, but it's not really that awful. This is just what you do when you have an interesting story. So. <laughs> This is something that I'm learning is that the more that you persecute, the more that a church feels persecuted, the more a cult feels persecuted, the more it reinforces the idea that they're right. Yeah. The more they believe, oh my God, I'm receiving persecution. That means I'm chosen. That means this is the truth. There is a really good documentary and um, it's not a documentary. It's like a docu-series, you know, where it's like, true but it's like um pl- acted out i don't know what it's called is that is that what it's called it's like a true story but it's like they play it out and um it's about waco it's i think it's called oh god it's called don't waco. Like That you guys that, no as as a former cult member that movie is accurate okay but trigger, trigger warning. Accurate. that movie is trigger warning, warning. And yeah, that's very, it's very, very sad. Everybody very knows good. the ending. It's good. I guess yeah. watch it if you can, hear but it. I want to tell you a quote in that it said, one of the quotes said, the more you push them, the more they believe it's a test of their faith.
1: And yeah. that is
0: 100% true because they have already trained you from baptism. And the, the further you get along, the harder you are trained to fight against evil spirits to fight against you know whatever they're saying so this is kind of like a lesson to I don't know family members anybody trying to get a member out like the harder you push them the the more they think it's true it's so crazy saying is this, it out loud it feels is this so crazy. a good spot and are you comfortable talking about like the house churches and they like is that something that we can get into detail here or do you want to do that in a different one What do you want to talk about it? Like why you guys have so many house churches and what they kind of were preparing you for with that. Because that kind of reminds me a little of the Waco stuff. That was when it was like, that felt very extreme to me. Like kind of dooms, like, um, those were the kind of, that that was one of the things that you guys were doing that I was like, I mean, they could go effing crazy. Really? See the thing about house churches. Okay. So house churches were in the Bible. So like originally when Jesus was, um, you know, preaching, the Bible shows that they would, you know, have service and stuff in houses. No, there I mean... House churches. I know. But then... So, what happened was we had these big churches. And then there were, like, members kind of far away, like, you know, in the mountains and stuff. So, they would make a church out of houses. And so, that's kind of what they were doing. They would make, like, a house church. And then it would grow up into a bigger church. Yeah. Okay. But are you remembering... But that I where- would never feel like... I never felt like it was, like, a Waco feeling. Like... Like we were, I never felt like it was isolating and I never felt, okay. So the thing about this, I feel like I try, I know what you're trying to say. (laughs) I talk about like the doomsday stuff, right? I'm like, like, do you not know what I'm talking about? I couldn't tell what you're doing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to, can we speak to that? Because that to me was very like creepy and extreme. So this church has specifically, been known to um, prophesy. No, they've been known to predict certain certain end of the world times. Like they're definitely focused on we are living in the last days. And there are some dates that they have predicted that have not come true. And so that's something that Lindsay always worried about, that that would lead to like a Waco type of situation. Um, if anybody doesn't know, you know, there were several cults in the, you know, 70s and um, 80s and 90s of that committed suicide like mass suicide or Jonestown in Waco yeah no the Waco the Waco references because of the government side of it I'm thinking Waco oh do you remember do you know where I'm going can I just say it you can say whatever you want this okay. is a free country and this is your podcast girl okay and if you and if we don't want to talk about it we can just edit it. <laughs> Okay, so let's change the topic now. Okay, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't know. No, no. So what I'm trying to make Tony say, but I just no. missed it. Um, Don't mind control me. Mind control, Tony. Here, you wanted to say this. Let me finish your sentence for you. Um, yeah. When I, when you first got involved, you lived not in the church, but and you with with a church member. Yeah. It was in preparation for when the government. Right. Decided to shut your church down because they were going to figure out that you guys were the true word of God and be persecuted by the like U.S. government. So these church, these house churches were set up so that you could all kind of recede away from like the idol. It could be a safe place. That's true. I actually kind of forgot. Right. Okay. You did forget. I was like, are you, I, I forget, not forget, but like, I don't That's know. Waco. That's like some Waco sherry right there. <laughs> no, so it's a part of isolation. I guess you're right. It's part of isolating. But it, but to them, it was a part of like if we are persecuted in the last days, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, even if the government's against us, no matter even if there's a disaster, mostly it was like disaster. If there's a big disaster, we want to be able to have a place to go. To be protected by God and to keep God's commandments. And so that's why they wanted these safe places all over the place. And that's just from my understanding. Like, that's a disclaimer. Like, that's not necessarily, I don't know, their doctrine or whatever, but that was sort of like what I was understanding from it. And that was sort of comforting. So, like, wherever you go, there's going to be a safe place, you know, to be in case of a disaster. But can I say a side note? We're getting way off track. (laughs) But anyway. Let me just say, did you guys know that there is a law on the books? It's called the blue law. And I don't know if it's in every state. I, I don't know. I can actually Google it right here because we have our cool Google box. Um, that's what we call it in my household, the Google box. But um, there's it's called the blue law. And it's a literal law about Sunday service. Uh, A new law forbids certain legal commercial activities at certain times. It's illegal to sell certain certain things on Sunday. So they have, uh, you know, so that's why you can't sell alcohol on Sunday. In the old days, certain, you know, businesses weren't weren't, um, open on Sundays, things like that. So it's like a literal law that Sunday is a holy day. That's kind of what they would teach us. Yeah. And so there could be a time in the future when... You know, Saturday service is outlawed and Sunday service is enforced. It's a it's a law that's not really enforced right now. It's not a law that you have to keep service on Sunday. But anyway, it's something that could be used against us in the future. That was sort of a rumor that was flying around. And so I think that's kind of what you were talking about. You needed the house readers. And so from the outside, as a family member, I'm watching you move around to these like little houses all over the state Mm-hmm. helping set up and then like moving on to the next one and helping set up and mm-hmm. i'm like this feels like the beginning of a really creepy ass documentary i never like, thought that this that was like my worst fear of all of this was that they were going you because i started getting really like obsessed with like jonestown and waco yeah and I would get so pissed I'd be like, and don't hate. talk about that to me don't we are not going to commit suicide I would get so yeah, mad so so mad Or that you, may- you know is in a cult do not say that shit to them that is so offensive yeah and that was just like my biggest worry I was like I don't care what you do but I feel like you're getting to a mental space where if they asked you to do that that you would do it and I just don't do that that would be like too devastating you know Go be a weirdo. That's fine. Right. Um, yeah, it's really scary. I know that as a family member, that is your ultimate fear, and you can have that fear, and that's a valid fear. But like when you're communicating to that person, don't say it. Just don't <laughs> say it out loud because because yeah. it feels offensive. Because you're like, oh my god, I would never do that, even though they, pro- even though it's not all that impossible. Like. You can see how how things can escalate, you know, through all this mind control. It all sort of ties in like it's all connected. So emotional control, as you guys can imagine, they control your emotions using guilt, fear, Um, obedience and loyalty are the most beautiful things that you can have. And it's really just about controlling your emotions. So let's just go over one by one. okay? so. The way that they really control you and really like make you feel guilty. So guilt, let's talk about guilt. The first study that you ever learn is how we are sinners from heaven. Okay. So which means that before you even set foot onto this earth, before you were even born and popped out of your mama's vagina, you were a sinner. The very second that you were born. Yeah. You don't remember it. You don't remember what you did. You have no memory of it, but you are evil and you are wicked. And every single thought that you have is sinful. That's kind of like the sinful thoughts, right? So it's like you're continuously having to like pay for that sin. You're continuously having to make up for that sin that you committed. So yeah, so, and so that's something that really controls you. So just because I don't know, I don't know how many people would understand that concept. Right. I guess that's the difference. Is that concept. okay if I elaborate? Yeah, go for it. It's such a it's such a cool like explanation for existence for human existence is that we sinned against god like like satan did and that just by being born is your punishment for that so Mm. like we're like little evil spirits that like pissed off god in heaven and he was like you know what go live this like suffering life on earth in a very broad term yeah so 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 we look at so they look at it like this earth is a prison. And so everything is constructed to make you think that the earth is a prison. Your body is a prison. Every single thing on this earth is a prison and we are prisoners. So then they say, what does a prisoner deserve? Does a prisoner deserve good food? Does a prisoner deserve to be comfortable? Does a prisoner deserve to be happy? All that. So, you know. Yeah, so you do not deserve anything. You do not deserve anything good because you are a sinner and you are a prisoner. And so your whole mission from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed is to get out of this prison and to go to heaven. Yes. You know what I mean? So that's, that's how so that like affects your emotions because you're constantly like I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm such a sinner. I'm so wicked constantly. Yes. So can you see that like to somebody with mental health health issues oh. Coming It into creates that, mental health issues. It creates them. But like if you already are predisposed to something going on right. before you go into the church, it's a very dangerous mentality. Right. So, you know, I was thinking about fear. So it creates this constant fear, constant fear. But it's not just a fear. Okay. So you're afraid. You're afraid of everything. You're afraid of God. Okay. Fear God. You're afraid of evil spirits. You're afraid of, you know, the prison. You're afraid of everything. You're afraid of every single thing. But it's the same, but it's deeper than that, okay? It's a phobia. A phobia is deeper. A phobia, I actually looked it up. What's a fear versus a phobia? A phobia is an excessive fear or anxiety related to specific objects or situations that are out of proportion to the actual danger they present. Thank you, Google Box. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a so they literally give you a phobia of the outside world, a phobia to celebrate Christmas. A phobia of going to hell. And so it's not like it's not like I'm afraid of spiders. I'm afraid of snakes. It's like I'm terrified for my spirit. And not just mine, my family's, my children's, my friends. I'm terrified every minute. So it's so, so, so scary. Like it's very hard to explain. Well, I think you did it. So you have all that. And another thing that you're afraid of, okay? You're not just afraid of like the outside, but you're also afraid within your church because you're afraid of your leaders. You are. You're afraid of like not being seen as obedient. You're afraid of not being seen as graceful. You're afraid of being rebuked. So let me explain rebuking, okay? We would have these really... Intense Bible studies. And then you would get called out. So like you're individually doing these studies. You're getting called out one by one. And several times you get rebuked. Did we talk about this before? How you would get rebuked. And what would happen is you literally just stand there and they just yell at you. And they just kind of like talk down to you and criticize you in front of everybody. There can be 50 people there hearing it there can be 10 people there hearing it it could just be you and the leader and through those like deep rebuking sessions like it really affects you and I can I share an experience and I don't remember if we talked about this I think that you touched a second on it in the beginning of just the rebuke part but I don't think you've gone into the details Oh man, it was when I was first becoming a teacher and they do it in the very beginning, okay? I learned about this. This is something that cults do. They are constantly searching among the members who is gonna be the most devoted. So they do these tests on them, sort of tests to see who can handle it, who can, who is strong enough to, to overcome it. That's why like the church leaders are actually like the most devoted people in the world. They're really strong. They can overcome a lot of things. Because they're constantly being tested, like who's going to give the most money, who's going to show their faith the most. Anyway, we're in this, we're in this, you know, Bible teaching class, and we're learning how to defend the truth, quote unquote, truth. And I got up and I got rebuked for like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And at that time, I was like, okay, I'm accepting it, I'm accepting it, and I'm literally standing there, and everybody's just looking at me and kind of have their head down because it's super awkward when you're watching somebody get rebuked and you feel so bad for them, you know, and it's embarrassing. And he's rebuking, not just my studying and my teaching style, but like everything, like all my sinful things. Like one of my sinful things is that I was shy, that I need to overcome being shy because, you know, you need to preach. You need to be bold. You need to be charismatic. You need to be a leader. And that's not my natural style. Like I'm, I'm very like shy and quiet until you really get to know me. So I needed to overcome that anyway. He's just like rebuking me rebuking me and I'm like, okay, I deserve it I'm a sinner, right? I have all these thoughts and then I get out And he sees my baby And he tells my baby he goes Comfort your mommy a lot tonight because I really rebuked her so hard. He goes give her a lot of comfort And at that moment, I realized that he did it on purpose Like I don't know why I I didn't realize that he was like doing it but but at that moment, I realized like he was purposely rebuking me and I accepted it. I accepted it because I'm a sinner and I deserve it and everything. And, um, you know, I took everything that he said to heart and I used it and I changed and everything. But but looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, that was so messed up. I'm a grown ass woman standing in front of these people just getting yelled at, you know, for over an hour. And, and it did hurt, you know. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. and the higher you get, like the higher position you have, the stricter it gets, and the more severe the rebuking gets, and the more detailed it gets, and it's very hard, you know. But but those are tactics. Looking back now, like that wasn't just some random ass thing. That wasn't just some random thing. It was a specific tactic used to control my emotions to control the people in the room's emotions, to use me as an example. Look, if you do what she does, you're going to be rebuked like her and nobody wants that. So those people sitting there listening, they're put in line. Do you know what I mean? It's just so fu- it's all messed up. It's all messed up. So that's how they control your emotions in that way. Um another thing you guys is love bombing. Have you ever heard of love bombing? Oh yeah. Okay, so as you move up, it becomes stricter and harder. But when you first step your foot into that church, you get love-bombed. And I know you've experienced it yourself from the church. You know, from all churches that I've ever been to. Yeah, it's true. And some Um, in some churches, I think it might be genuine. Um, in this church, in this organization, I don't know, it's 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 not really genuine because they have their own definition of. What is love, right? So when somebody steps in, they're they're thinking, my love for them is to save their soul. So I will do whatever. I will have whatever conversation. I will compliment whatever to make them feel good just so that I can save their soul, you know? So it's like love bombing is used to like, you know, just making them feel so good in the beginning. Like they're so interested in you. They want to know everything about you. They want to know where you live. They want to know how many siblings you have. They want to know about your children. They want to know everything about you. And they love you so much and they want to treat you to the best food and the you know the best treats and the best candy and the best snacks. You know, and is but as time goes on, it's taken away little by little. And then if you do something that is not accepted or not obedient or you know not allowed, then then that love is taken away. And I actually think that that's the most um, controlling part. It's not the love bombing, it's the taking away of the love. Do you wanna get into details about that part? Like what? Well, I, I just wanna mention one thing because we had talked about food, how they control food. And this is something that I think like, so you'll have these long hours of rebuking and like, you're getting rebuked. You're the people that you love are getting rebuked. Your husband is getting rebuked. You know, they're rebuking you about your children. Like they're rebuking all these deep, deep things. Then you get out of the study. Okay. You walk out of the study and you're constantly hit with this delicious food, like delicious food gourmet food. I can't explain to you, like, and food from all over the world, like, really good food, really good treats, like, and it seems so silly, but, like, when you're, like, really hard, like, down on yourself after being rebuked, it's, like, really um, comforting. Yeah, they're, like, you'll be fine. Come here. Have some yeah. food. Yeah, and, just- and then you all, like, laugh about it, and you're, like, oh, man, that was rough, like, God really, re- God really touched me in that. And like you sit and you share how that like really helped your soul to get stronger as you're enjoying this delicious food. But it's like a punishment and a reward system. Do you know what I mean? And it's so messed up looking back at it now. But but at that time, you're so thankful. It reminds me of I don't remember what's that. What's that um called when like your captor when like you're so thankful That's to it. your captor for like feeding you? What is that yes. Like you're taking kidnapped and like they put you in the basement, but then when they bring you something good, you're like, "Oh, thank you, I love you." You fall in love with like the person who who kidnaps you. What is that called? Uh, oh, I know the word. I'll think of it at like midnight. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I know. What That's what mean. it reminds me of. That's what it reminds me of. That's like 2019- they beat you down and then they make you feel so good, and it's just this constant like you know rotation. It, it's just this constant, not rotation. Um constant cycle. It's a constant cycle. Oh, it's exhausting just thinking about it. It's just these extremes, you know, it's just these extremes. And then when you really are not obedient, okay, so obedient is the most beautiful thing you can be. And when you're not obedient and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, then, you know, some people call it shunning. They would never call it shunning. It's just this very subtle being left out. Everybody no outside al- of the church calls it shunning, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. but, like, you're no longer allowed to these meetings. You're no longer allowed um to teach, to be a teacher. You're no longer allowed to to be part of the service. Like if you're, you know, if you have a role in the service time, you're no longer allowed to do that. You're no longer allowed to help with the children. Like blessings, quote, unquote, are taken away, and it's like, you know, and and if that's all you've been striving for, that's the most hurtful thing that they could ever do to you. It feels so, so bad. And you just feel like your salvation is gone. Like, it is an emotional roller coaster. I mean, honestly, just talking about this, I feel so exhausted. I feel so I feel sad for myself a little bit. I feel, I feel sad for people that are there because it's like, oh my God, it's so, so sad. And, and like you said, like, I've heard several, several people talk about PTSD after leaving and severe anxiety. I suffered severe anxiety and migraines and, you know, lots of mental illness and a church should not do that to you. Yeah if you want to leave a church, you should not be left with mental illness. If you want to leave a church because your life has changed or whatever, you should be free to do that. Yeah, life, life is changing. Life is ever changing. If you change your mind, you should be able to do that. But there is never a case, there will never be a case to them where it's okay to leave. And that's a sign of a cult. You know, It's never, ever, ever acceptable to leave. There's no acceptable reason for you to leave. But that's not healthy. That's not healthy. You know, like you should always be allowed to be able to leave or go as you as you want to come and go as you please. You know, so. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, is that's what I have for thought control and emotional control. What do you think? Do you have something that you want to say? I feel like you had something you want to talk about. I'm feeling like a little, uh, like angry. I feel sad. I feel like I'm watching you really put words to to this, and it's making me. Jump. Yeah, that's how I feel too. You know, not angry. I guess exhausted with you. Like it's. um, I feel sad that I couldn't do more when you were in it. I know. I know. There's no talking <laughs> to me out when they're in it, but yeah it's just so sad. it's this is the first time i'm verbalizing it and it feels good Yeah, and it feels sad and it feels exhausting it feels yeah. exhausting but it feels good and it feels healing because like you said you know what's really uh, interesting that i've been learning is that memories are stored within us in so many different ways They're not just stored in our thoughts. They're stored in our senses, in our smells, in our um, in our body, you know. And sometimes we dis like our brain has a way to protect us, so we can disassociate when we're in a really weird situation. And I can see that I was in a lot of situations where my brain probably disassociated, and I wasn't able to store certain memories. But as I'm talking them out and expressing them you know, it is healing and it is helping, but, but I'm, as I'm verbalizing them, I'm realizing and memorizing things that I never, you know, yeah, I didn't have access to before. So this is very good. I I highly encourage anybody to speak it out, you know, and I've, I've, I've wanted to go to therapy, but, but it's hard to find a cold expert. It's hard to find people who understand mind control. So, you know, in a way, you guys are my therapy. Thank you, thank you for my therapy. If anybody has any good resources, the yes, please email us at playingintraffic2012 at gmail.com. Yes, as we have said, I do want to raise awareness about this. The only you know, a lot of therapy, quote unquote, is spiritual therapy. I don't want spiritual therapy, I don't want to go to a pastor to help me. I don't, I don't need your help. What I want is some kind of you know secular, good therapy, good, good quality therapy that I can afford, okay? Because let me tell you, people coming out of a cult have no money. They have no money. they have no resources. A lot of them don't have family. they have no money. And that's why a lot of them go back to the cult because it's safe. But anyway, that's off my I just want to raise awareness, you know, I have that, a funny image. I have a funny yeah. image. You know how you guys would like stand outside of Walmart? And campuses and preach. Yeah, we should go stand outside of the church and offer mental health, services, <laughs> mental health services to members who want to leave. Right. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I don't think that's allowed. I, I know. I just am visualizing us standing out there with our clipboards. Like, I know. here's our card. If you need any help. Right. They. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> They do it. They do it. That's how the, that's what you would do. when you go preaching. You go right. to other people's space. And I am so thankful that mental health is is really being talked about now. You know, but yeah. but I, do, you know, I, I experienced a lot of and I still continue, as you guys can tell, experience a lot of these, you know, mental things. And I know a lot of people do. Um, and like yeah. you said, people who are already predisposed and then they go through this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Cannot, you know, and yeah. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We could talk all day. We could talk all day. We were actually going to talk more, but, but yeah, next time guys, next time we're going to hang up and probably call each other anyway. So probably. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys so much. We love you. We, we love the support. We love when you contact us, keep, yeah. keep, keep shouting out and share it, you know, because the more this gets out, the more it can help people. You know, I really, I really do want to help people who want to be helped. And, uh, you know, I'm here for whatever y'all need. And I hope you guys have a really great week. And I hope that you guys have full control of your mind. I hope you make your own thoughts with your own free will. And you do whatever the hell you want to do. Okay, go live your best lives, people build your best lives. Love you. you. Later. Boom.